The Pulse Podcast Network is now providing its listeners with a 10% discount off of all merchandise from Jersey Express. They sell NBA and college jerseys plus player hoodies. Simply use the code PULSE at checkout. You can find them at Jersey Express or at thejerseyexpress.com. Hey, Starks here. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be in the fantasy world. Welcome to the Fantasy Unicorns podcast. We're Dynasty Driven, and we're joined by Pulse Podcast Network. And now we're joined and uh, actually collaborated with Fantasy Pros with the rankings that we're putting up on our website. Just make sure you read our content, uh, thefantasyunicorns.com. Make sure you subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and write a two- to three-word review for our podcast. Unicorn listeners, continue to spread the good word. And I'm um, actually joined with uh, Kevin, the carrot giver, and Jay, the doc. Uh, he's on the clock this evening. And uh, again, as you can imagine, the Fantastic Three is back. So with that being said, I'm going to pass <laughs> the ball to uh, Jay there. All right. What's up, Fantasy Fiends? Like uh, Stark said, this is Jay, the Fantasy Unicorn doc. Uh, catch me on Twitter at Fantasy NBA Layup. Uh, come check out our content in addition to this podcast, obviously, uh, like Mike's weekly streaming advice and Another weekly piece where we as a team rank our top 40 waiver wire guys who are available in at least 50% of leagues. Um, also, one more thing. I just released part two of a three-part article on the best players you could acquire for your punting strategy. So if you're a punter in any of your leagues, go check it out. I think it'll be pretty helpful. <clears throat> uh, and obviously look out for part three coming at you soon. Uh, anyway, I'm just looking forward to having a good time here. So let's get it. Passing the ball to you, Kevin. Hey, what's up, fellas, and what's up, Internet? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter, at Kevin So. And like the guy said, uh, you know, we've we're been putting out content uh, even through uh, the holiday week and everything. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we'll really be rolling uh, starting next week as well. So definitely be on the lookout for more articles, more content, more podcasts, all that stuff uh, as we head into the new year. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting started here. All right, guys, I'm ready to take people on for a ride. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the recent news. Uh, LeBron James had a, a groin injury uh, that's it's actually was supposed to be a day-to-day situation, but um, it's casted that he's going to be out several games. And, you know, I'm just going to pass the ball to Jay on his thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, Starks, I know you recently tweeted about this saying something along the lines of, you know, the Lakers might take it easy on him. Um, and, and I tend to agree with you. Uh, I think the plan all along was – to compete for a title next season, not this season. Uh, they'll obviously want to make the playoffs, but I don't know what their expectations are beyond that. Um, they know their current roster isn't loaded enough to take down the Warriors in a seven-game series, maybe not even, you know, the Thunder or, or the, the Rockets or Nuggets, whoever else is at the top. <clears throat> um, the thing is, if I can go off on a small rant here, I, I'm not sold that they'll be so much better <laughs> next year. Uh, You know, the main superstar free agents they could be targeting is, what, Durant, Kawhi, and Butler. Uh, And if you want to throw Kemba or Boogie in there, too, that's fine. But Butler and Kawhi could very well stay in their current cities because both of those teams look very competitive. Uh, We'll have to wait and see if Boogie even makes a full recovery to the superstar level he was before. And 
Kemba has publicly stated that he wants to retire a Hornet, <clears throat> although I, I don't know how much we can believe the words of NBA players who try to say the right things to the media, you know. So that leaves Durant, and to me, Durant seems like a guy who doesn't uh, like being pegged down and predicted about. Like, if he thinks the media is confident they have him figured out, uh, you know, and they know he's going to go to a big market, then he might pull a fast one and go to a random small market team out of the blue just to throw everyone off. He just seems like that type of player who always been under the microscope. But anyway, I digress. Uh, LeBron's injury doesn't look too bad. He'll miss a few games, maybe a couple weeks at the most. It's hard not to marvel at the level of health LeBron's been able to sustain through all these years, you know, especially considering uh, he's been to the postseason and beyond seemingly every single season of his career. So um, maybe Ingram, Lonzo, and Kuzma all step up a bit more in his absence and see a slight uptick in value. Um, I'm not sure if any one player gets a, the full brunt of the load uh, from him, you know, being missing, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you highlighted on uh, a couple of things there as far as, you know, who would actually soak it up. And actually, Kevin, can you touch up a little bit more as far as who's going to um, actually take the responsibility for the Lakers or who's going to, you know, do more for the team? Yeah, I think it's going to spread out a little bit. I think Jay hit on some really good points there um, beyond fantasy, you know, uh, talking about um, next year and sort of what the Lakers outlook's going to look like. Um, and I have heard rumors that LeBron kind of understands that that's could be the case and why we may be seeing trades um, instead of free agents move, free agency moves. But um, either way, getting back to fantasy, um, you know, I definitely see guys like Kuzma really stepping up. Um, he's a guy that I could see getting some, some big increase in usage uh, with, especially with Rondo out now um, ball is going to be, um, you know, running the, running the, uh, the team a lot. And I think he's going to see a big uptick, uptick in stats. Um, you're going to see guys even like Lance Stevenson um, picking up a little bit of the slack. Ugh. And uh, <laughs> what's that? I said, Ugh. go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. Not my favorite. Uh, and, and then you might see, uh, you know, possibly Josh Hart uh, getting an opportunity to kind of show what he can do as well. So I think it's going to be a little bit across the board for a lot of the younger guys and, and Ingram as well. Um, and um you know, no one can re- replace LeBron, and I, I, I agree with all what you guys are saying that I don't think the Lakers are going to be in a big rush to get him back. They're going to want to make sure that he's, you know, pretty close to 100% by that point. Yeah, and I just want to just highlight on something kind of what Jay said as well. I'm bouncing off of the Kevin Durant. This is a little bit off of fantasy. Just, I, It's like you, you kind of just feel it in your heart that he's going to do a little snake job and just get out of there anyway. But, you know, we're going to move forward to the next recent news. <laughs> and his, uh Zubac, obviously we didn't really talk about him in the Lakers, but um, he's actually a player real quick for me. Um, I'm just going to hold the ball real quick that I want to take a flyer on this type of guy, you know, Essentially, we wanted and hoped for the best for him, you know, on a fantasy team because we're dynasty driven. He hasn't given us the the purse 36 numbers that we expected from him because he's not even getting on the floor. But here recently, he's been getting on the floor. And uh, I actually was in a Twitter debate with somebody and I, I'll do debates with people, but I won't do it too long. Uh, but one thing that has to be highlighted on the you know the last three games that he started he was, uh, uh, you know, good on the plus minus, you know, uh, the last two games, he was the highest Laker with the plus minus. So that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a world beater, but you know, he's a player that if you enter in a deeper league and even in the redraft league, you can definitely just take a flyer on him and, and hope for the best. And that's for me to say a 14 to 16 man league. Now, if you have a deep 12 man league, go ahead and just give it a shot. It may not last, but you just never know. 
So, you know, with that being said, Jay, what's your thoughts on Zubac, man? Uh, yeah, I, I had a Zubac in several of my dynasty leagues, especially the deeper ones. Um, and even in my redraft leagues as well, if I, if I had the chance. You know, uh, the Lakers don't really have a clear-cut center that they want 100% have to start. Uh, I know JaVale McGee has seen one of the most extreme jumps in fantasy rankings that we've pretty much ever seen this year. But his real-life on-court value is still questionable to me. Uh, if the Lakers see Zubats as a good defensive presence in the post, uh, he, he could find a solid role in the rotation and stick there, at least for this season. Um, he's a free agent I'll be watching closely this summer to see if he goes to a team that could use his skills. I don't see him as an obvious starter at any point in his career, but the arrow is certainly pointing up for him, so I'll be watching him close. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He He's an intriguing prospect. I just – I don't know how much this is going to sustain for, for much longer. Uh, McGee was out, I think, with some pretty serious um, illness, a, possibly pneumonia, I think I heard. Um, but he'll he'll come back. And, you know, I think uh, as fun as it has been to see uh, Zubac kind of coming in and, and, and really impressing people, um, you know, he, he kind of hit a pretty serious hot streak. I wouldn't expect – this type of stats uh, for too much longer. Um, you know, he went eight for 10, eight for 12, nine for 10. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much perfect. And, you know, it's just not sustainable. So people kind of seeing those numbers and expecting that to continue, I think you're going to be um, a little bit uh, disappointed, but he's still a guy to, to, you know, pick up and, you know, keep playing him until, you know, McGee comes back or whatever. Um, cause he, so far he's, he's looked pretty good. So I, I like him longer term and, but this season, uh, it's going to be a lot of up and down, I think. Nice, nice. So we're going to actually move into uh, another person here and it's actually uh Kevin's guy and I'm just going to let you announce his name. Cause this is really your guy. So you know who I'm talking about from the Nets. You want to let the league know, or the listeners know who that guy is from the Nets. I mean, I kind of want to hear you pronounce his name, but that's, that's uh, you, 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 hey, that's funny. You know what? I it's like I try to dish the ball to you because, like, I already knew I was going to turn the ball over, Smart. so I did. Well, go ahead. No, 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 it's good. Yeah, uh, I, I'm probably going to pronounce it incorrectly too, but uh, Rodion Curix, uh, he's he's been real impressive. Um, you know, with um, with Alan Crabb being out, he stepped in and was starting was playing big minutes kind of right off the bat when he when he got in here and has been stringing some really nice games in the last two weeks together uh and has really ramped up the last three games where he he's been kind of showing off a really diverse skill set you know he's he's been a very efficient scorer um he's been shooting uh, over 50 percent from the field um and over 90% from the free throw line. So that's the type of guys that they need in there. You know, they have some some guys that are going to going to jack the ball up a lot and they need guys that don't need that high usage to come in and, you know, kind of be more reliable spot-up shooters and things like that. And he's really kind of stepped up to the plate. You know, there was a game he had four three-pointers. Uh the last game against Charlotte, he had uh three steals and a block and 12 rebounds. So he's really putting together some some nice stats and it's going to be interesting to see what happens once crab comes back because i know he's almost back um whether or not uh Jurex is going to give up that starting position or not because he might have done enough um and is kind of a big enough piece in what the nets want to do in the future that they may just kind of keep rolling with him while they're hot so um i i like a lot of what i've seen i i liked him coming in i did not think he was going to do this definitely not this year um, I have him in one of my dynasty leagues, uh, and he was a guy that went undrafted. 
um, or he was drafted and then dropped something like that yeah. uh, in, a, in a 30 team league. And so I picked him up uh, off of waivers sort of earlier in the season, just as a, as a flyer. And luckily I held on to him, um, but he's definitely looking very promising. And, uh, you know, between him and, and John and Musa, I mean, they definitely have some nice young um, euros that, kind of can build uh, some of these the wing spots around. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he progresses this season. But even moving into next season, if this opens up opportunities or if it, you know, for certain guys to leave, I don't know if um, necessarily if, if D'Angelo Russell has been working out. Um, he's been up and down a lot. And sort of the emergence of some of these guys may make him expendable, um, especially after they signed Dinwiddie to that long-term contract or I guess three-year contract. But um, you know, it might be interesting to see. They might have some moves in the summer to make. Hey, Doc, do you, can you give me the diagnosis? Because you're the doc. I'm sure, pretty sure you're good at pronouncing his name. Do you? Did you know his name pretty well, brother? <laughs> uh, uh, I want to say I've heard somebody pronounce his name as Radians Karuks one time, but that's not okay. to say that that's the 100% correct way to say it. <laughs> that sounds pretty good, though, man. <laughs> go ahead, Doc. You know, uh, that, that's just the way I'll go with them because that's the only way I've heard it pronounced. Well, you know, you can look it up too. On, uh, <laughs> that's true. Hey, hey, that's true. But uh, Kevin, man, you're supposed to know, man. You're supposed to be the lead dog. Right? I said, I said, Rodion's cure. Okay, but yeah, it, I like, I like how you try to deflect the ball, man. Just, just sit on the bench, man. Let uh, Jay take over from here, brother. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, you, you know, he's had two double doubles in a row now. You know, he's a guy I liked coming into this season, but he's definitely surpassed even my expectations. Uh, I, I didn't even expect him to get a solid role in the rotation. Honestly, not this year. Um, he's certainly in a good situation, obviously. If he were on a more competitive team, I don't see this happening. But it's fun to see that he's been putting his name out there. And uh, this kind of came out of nowhere because in the EuroLeague last year, uh, Karuk's only played in 10 games, and he never even averaged more than seven minutes per game. So now I know overseas teams have have a reputation for you know, not playing young guys at all, but man, he's come on strong. He, he's, he's still such a mystery that we don't know what to expect from him, him in the future. As of now, his fantasy strengths seem to be, you know, points, percentages, and some boards, but who knows what he'll be in five years. He, he could be a nightly triple one guy for all we know at this point. But uh, anyway, I love seeing Brooklyn hit on these assets. You know, they've been down in the dumps for a, a while now and they've paid their dues. So it's, it's time for them to hit the come up. Yeah, I was just, I'm just going to say this because I'm never going to be able to pronounce his name wrong. So, you guys, the <laughs> listeners, I'm just going to call him Krusty the Clown. So, we'll just go with that. Well, Starks, I got it right here. I got it right <laughs> no, here. No, man, just – oh, go ahead. Go ahead, man. No, it's 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 Rodion's Kuruks. Kuruks? Yeah. Okay, but yeah. I still like Krusty the Clown, so I'm going to roll with that for, for the time being. <laughs> so, with that being said, um, I'm going to eat my crow on this, just like what uh, Kevin made me eat my crow on, but I'm going to eat my crow on this as well because uh, I was actually wrong on Jeremy – Lamb this year. Um, I can eat that crow. I was expecting Monk to eventually come out, man, this year. This has just been an odd year to see Jeremy Lamb. What's he like a top 50 type 60 player this year, guys? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think he's in the top 60. So, you know, that's that's very impressive. So, you know, um, I'm actually going to pass the ball to Kevin on his thoughts on him this year and actually yeah. in Dynasty moving forward. What's your thoughts, man? Yeah, I, you know, I'll be right there with you in, in that I was wrong about Lamb. You know, he, he's been in the league for a couple of years now. He, he was drafted in 2012, and we had no idea that this was kind of lurking inside. Um, and he's he's been coming on strong. He, he's been averaging over 15 points, five boards, 
uh, two assists and, and over a steal, um, getting threes, getting, putting up nice percentages. Um, overall, just a really nice offensive player, but he also brings that defensive capability, which may not, may not show up on fantasy as much, but it keeps him in the games, especially when you're playing next to a guy like Kemba, who really, that's not his area. Mm-hmm. Um, they need somebody that can guard the, the other team's best wing or best guard. And Lamb is that guy. So he's really carved out a, a serious role for himself, and they really rely on him on that end. And that just keeps him on the court for, for long periods of time. So he's looked really good, really impressive. Um, you know, I was saying the other night, maybe, you know, I guess he could be considered their best two way player. Um, and I think he's just really been a, a nice surprise. You know, he's a little bit older. He, I guess he's 26 now. Wait, wait, um, real quick. You just – did you say uh-huh. best two-way player, like, in the league, or did you just talk about on the team? No, 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 okay. no. Uh, on Charlotte. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. okay. It was not clear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right, go ahead. Um, but, uh, no, that, that goes to Kevin Huerta. <laughs> oh, but, my God. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, he'll come uh, up a bit later. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, yeah, he, he, he's the, he's the – in Charlotte, I think he's the best two-way player there, or he has been this season – and, um, you know, he's really picked up the slack for what Batum has been kind of lacking this season. Yeah. And um, he's 26. I, I'm buying. I, you know, I don't I wouldn't necessarily expect him to maintain this for, um, you know, too many, too many more seasons. I don't know. It's tough to say, but I'm, I'm, I'm buying him now in, in, in uh, redraft. And I'm definitely considering picking him up in Dynasty, um, oh. uh, depending on what his value is, because he's just he's looked good and he's been pretty consistent so far this season and maybe he's just found the right role in the right place. Ooh, Jay, what's your thoughts on him in the uh, redraft and dynasty outlook for uh, lamb? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, there were a couple of certain experts who called this uh, lamb's year before the season even started that I heard. And then Malik Monk had a, had a, a really solid couple of games at the start of the season. And it was like, wait a minute, like, is this for real? Well, obviously it wasn't because lamb is probably <laughs> the second best player on the team now. So, I mean, the, the Hornets are still a frustrating franchise, though. It's old news that they should have blown it up years ago. Now they might let Kemba walk for nothing. Then they'd really be starting from the ground up. But anyway, uh, Jeremy Lamb has been a nice asset for them this year, ranked in the top 60 now, although he was even higher um, than that before a couple of lousy games. Uh, he, he's been a bright spot for them for sure. I'd definitely hold him in redraft leagues uh, or maybe even try to trade for him because if Charlotte falls out of the playoff picture – you know, maybe they do finally trade Kemba, and then it, it, it's the Lamb shill all of a sudden. Yeah. I was just going to say, for me, I, 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 it's hard for me to even fathom to say I, I want to have Jeremy Lamb. Um, but I will say this. In a redraft league, that's fine to have him in a dynasty league. No, I'm going to pass. But if you, if, you know, if I can get him on the real cheap, cheap, then, I mean, that's something different. But I, that's not a player that I'll be looking for in a dynasty. Um, but moving right along, uh, the next person – on the list here is uh, Justice Winslow, and I'm going to pass the ball to Jay and his thoughts. of uh, It was just mentioned that uh, Spo was uh, trying to get him to do more point, point guard uh, duties. So what's your thoughts on that, man? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you said, Winslow is a starting point guard now, but Josh Richardson held that title not long ago. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, not a lot of options as far as playmaking on this team. So I suppose uh, it's not a crazy decision or, or a crazy thought to think he could hold that job. But uh, either way, <clears throat> Winslow should be owned in 12-team leagues and, and even deeper now, obviously. So 10-team um, leagues, you know, I'd pick him up. He's had a, a strong couple of games, but we'll see if he can keep it going. Yep, Kevin? Yeah, uh, I mean, he's a guy that can kind of do 
a lot of things. He's just I wouldn't expect a lot of assists, you know, as far as a starting point guard. So if that's what you're looking for out of a, a point guard, he's probably not the guy to target. But you know, otherwise, you know, he's going to get you points. He's going to get you steals. Uh, he'll hit threes, um, and you know, he'll provide some solid value in, in most of the counting stats. Uh, the percentages don't look great, um, both the from the field and the, from the line. But um, you know, he's a guy that I guess he's still trying to figure out where he fits in the league. He definitely came in with higher expectations when he was drafted. Mm-hmm. I know Miami turned down that, that Godfather deal from Boston uh, in the draft. I think it was like four first round picks or something like that. Or uh, actually, no, sorry. Charlotte turned it down um, because Boston wanted Winslow. Either way, the people really wanted Winslow. They, they had high expectations. He hasn't lived up to it. And maybe moving to the point, even though he's like a six foot seven, you know, 230 pound kid, like, um, he could find some sort of role there that works for him. Uh, and the last couple of games, he's put up over 20 points both games. So maybe this is a good fit and we'll see, but we'll see kind of how Miami plays as a team and if it makes sense to have him there or not. Okay. And for me, I'm going to just go ahead and blow off the cartridge and give the listeners a game GD code on this. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I mean, like you had mentioned, Kevin, he's been in the league for, you know, quite some time and, he was supposed to be like a higher prospect coming into the league. But at this point in time, for this type of news to come out, because he's been inconsistent for years, to me, this is a, a sell-high moment. And this could be the peak. And I'm just being honest. I'm not saying that is 100% accurate or the case, but it could possibly be in a dynasty league eventually, because since we're dynasty-driven, I will be looking around for GMs to see if I can try to trade him away and kind of use that news as him, you know, being more facilitator of a point guard of that team, which doesn't seem like that'll last for years. To see if you can, you know, uh, work the phones and see if you can speak to a couple of GMs, package a deal, and see if you can get a, a solid player in return. And it could be like a, a 60 to type 70 type player. I'm not saying you'll get that in return with one player, but, you know, move um, a draft pick or even another player in the package as far as that goes. So um, the next person on this list is uh, Joe Harris. And, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on him, Kevin? Yeah, he's he's been playing pretty well recently. Um, he had that twenty-seven point game against Charlotte. Um, so there was a, kind of a lot of big games that that in that game. Um, six boards, you know, two assists and a steal. So he does more than just hit threes. Obviously, he's his main strength is as a three-point shooter, um, and that's very useful on that that Brooklyn team to have someone that can stretch the floor like that. Um, and I don't know. He he looks like he's kind of starting to come on and. and develop some other skills and provide other value besides just being a straight three point streamer. Um, you know, he's not a guy I would expect any major jumps in value, but you know, some slow increase um, over time, I, I could see him sort of being uh, a more productive player. He's already in the top 100 for the season and he's been playing better recently. So um, he might be a guy to keep an eye on and then sell high on if he starts creeping up into that, you know, top 75 type level. Um, but either way, he's a, he's a great source of threes. Um, he's going to provide some scoring and possibly some other stats as well. And it's definitely been sort of a big surprise to me because I, I definitely had him pegged as just a, a kind of a three-point guy. And seeing him do other stuff has been kind of interesting to see. Nice. Doc? Uh, yeah, man, I tell you what, Brooklyn got their money's worth with Joe Harris on such a friendly contract now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few years back, I, I never thought Harris could be anything more than a three-point sniper, like Kevin said. But he he's been so much more for them for them this year, especially since LeVert went down. <clears throat> uh, I think Kevin touched on he's been a top 100 player this year, but 
top 40 over his last seven games, actually. So that's really nice. Um, I wouldn't call him a must own or an obvious trade target for fantasy, but once he's able to get, uh, once he's able to, to be dealt mid January, uh, I think Brooklyn will receive a lot of calls from competitive teams who need more wing shooting and depth. Um, maybe with thunder or something like that. So uh, obviously that might hurt his value a little bit. Um, cause he won't be one of the primary options anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, like Kevin said, he'll give you a, a, a lot of good threes, some points, um, you know, and he'll be a positive in turnovers and free throw percentage. So uh, he's not a bad fantasy player to own. Awesome. Awesome. So actually I got a quick uh, message from a, a listener and I'm going to backpedal a little bit. I was going to do listener questions at the end, which I still will. Um, but I just got a message from um, T460D. And uh, we actually just talked about Krusty the Clown. And that's, uh, you know, you guys will know him now. So moving forward, the guy, his question was, and I'm going to ask you this, um, Kevin, because I know Krusty is your guy now. Would you drop uh, Gordon Hayward for Krusty? You, would you do it? Ooh. Is it a redraft or dynasty this, or what? This this is a redraft, I'm assuming. You, but we can answer this both ways. So dynasty and redraft. Uh, no, I would not do that. How about in the dynasty? Would you do it? Redraft? No, redraft? probably not. I, I, I would – I. Hayward is, is a more valuable player either way. Okay. What, what about you, Doc? What would you do? Yeah, I'd keep Hayward both ways. This guy, he's has to, he has to have a, another player on his roster that he could. That's a more droppable <laughs> candidate than Gordon yeah. Hayward, right? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would assume that. You know, I would have liked to know if how big his league was, but man, yeah, that's that's something I agree with the unicorns here. I, I wouldn't. I would. I would be keeping Hayward in both leagues. Um, so moving right along, this section is keep trade cut, and. Uh, this is going to be for dynasty and redraft leagues. So this helps the listeners on both sides. So Dennis Smith jr. In the dynasty league, we'll start first. Would you keep trade or cut him in a uh, dynasty league there, Jay? Uh, I'm trading him before Dallas does, because that's a risky scenario. You know, he, he could, he could potentially go to a beneficial situation like Orlando or New York. If Dallas trades him, I'm saying, but he could just as easily, you know, if not more likely, go to a team that only needs him as an explosive guard off the bench or something like that. So I'm going to try to trade him and see what kind of value you can get for him. Okay. Kevin, what, what would you do, man? Uh, he, in Dynasty, he's – he's uh, if, I, if I'd roster him, he's a hold. If I uh, don't, I'm probably looking to buy low. Um, in redraft leagues, um, it's a tough call. I mean, he's been dealing with some injuries, obviously – it's not working out so far in Dallas, uh, especially next to 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 um, Doncic. So, I think uh, I would consider trying to move him if I could. But even still, I mean, he's he's outside of the top two hundred for the season. So I don't know what you're getting for him that's going to be anything that great unless you're in like a twenty to thirty team league. So you know, he's he. I don't know what you're getting in trade value. I guess is, is the concern. Right. right. Um, <clears throat> So if, if you have room at the end of the bench, you know, I think probably hold um, even in, in redraft just to kind of see what happens. I don't know if he does get traded, it might end up being a better situation. I, I know maybe Jay's a little bit more, um, uh, you know, not as often. He's a little more pessimistic about that potential, but uh, I don't know. I could see him, you know, even if he was coming off the bench as a six man, um, mm-hmm. possibly, sort of finding his role better that way instead of mm-hmm. being uh, having everything put on his shoulders like the, it was last year. Um, and I think he might be able to, to be a more efficient player, which is sort of one of his major issues. 
um, if he's not sort of the main guy that they're all kind of relying on. So, uh, yeah. So I guess either way, I'm looking to get him or hold him all right. in both scenarios. Let me give the ball back to Jay real quick. So in the redraft, would you try to trade him again or would you just hold off on him for the redraft? Because I know Dynasty, you said you would try to trade him away. Um, it, in a redraft, if you're, if you're competing, I try to trade him away, see what you can get. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's, that's pretty much it. That's I'll try to trade him. That's fine. For me, um, unfortunately, if I have him in a redraft league and I'm, I'm actually holding him and I actually do have him in the league, I just got to suck it up and eat it. And then in a dynasty league, um, even if he gets traded, I'm just hoping for the best that maybe he can go to a, a wasteland. Or, well, yeah, kind of like a wasteland team that he can still possibly get, you know, a starting job because I still believe he can be, you know, a solid player. And even if he comes off the, you know, a six man off the bench, that to me, that wouldn't be too well, but. He's a player I would still try to get on the on the low in the dynasty league. Um, so moving forward, the next person on the keep trade cut list is Lamarcus Aldridge, and uh, I'm going to pass the ball to Kevin. Um, in the in the dynasty league, what do you do? And in the redraft league, do you keep trade or cut him? Um, I mean he's he's doing fine this season. He's a top fifty player, um, so I'm I'm holding him in redraft leagues and in dynasty. It kind of depends on what you can get back and where you are in your league. If you're if you're in a situation where you can win in the next like two seasons, he's going to be valuable, and you're not going to get that much in return for him because um, he's already 33 years old. But if you are rebuilding, um, I would definitely move on from him and see what I could get uh, either uh, you know in some draft picks or uh, in some young prospects that sort of thing, um, and kind of try to rebuild that way. But you know, I, I think he's good to go for the next couple of seasons. Uh, I don't see a, a big drop off in the next two seasons. So I think if that's your time frame, I would hold him just because you're not going to get a lot back uh, in return for him in, uh, in dynasty leagues. Um, you know, and if you're trying to rebuild, then that you do have to, to move on from him. Nice. Jay, what are you doing to redraft in dynasty league with LMA? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything Kevin said here. I doubt you'd get something significant in, in Dynasty for him in return. So uh, he's a hold for me if you're competing. Uh, it, obviously, if you're not competing, then you need to try to, to get something for him now. Um, you know, maybe some kind of uh, other young big. You know, most of the young bigs in, in the league that, you know, people are rostering right now are either – have really good upside and they wouldn't trade him for LaMarcus Aldridge or they're not worth trading LaMarcus Aldridge for. There, there's very few in between, it seems like, right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so I agree with all the unicorns here. So this person, this is this is an interesting person, and it's uh, SGA. Um, I know a lot of hype came out, you know, during when he was getting the opportunity to start um, for a redraft in Dynasty League. I'm very interested what the unicorns, you know, are going to say because I know um, some – had pictured him as a top 25 potential type player in dynasty for me i don't see it but you know hopefully i can hear something to kind of persuade me to think that um in a redraft league as i mentioned before in a few podcast episodes ago you need to sell him hot like hotcakes and you probably would have got a top 50 player now right now he's looking what i think he's above around the 100 or even past the 100 range so you know, he's going to string a, a couple of good games here and there, and he's going to have some in inconsistencies. I mean, obviously, he's a hold for me in a um, redraft league, in a dynasty league. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can trade him and, and, you know, try to see what I can get for him or at least what the market is has for him. So, you know, with that being said, I'm going to give the ball to Jay. What's your outlook as far as redraft and dynasty league? What do you do with him? 
Um, yeah, well, in redraft leagues, uh, if you can, if you can, you know, work off of the hype train and, and squeeze out a top, you know, 75 player for him, I'd try to do that. Otherwise, I'm holding them. Uh, and in dynasty leagues, I'm definitely holding them because, like you said, I, um, about the, uh, I, I'm one of the believers in him being a top 25, top 30 player, uh, maybe even better because he, he brings a little bit of everything. Um, uh-huh. He'll bring. You know the rebounds, the the assists, the even steals and blocks, uh, blocks from an out of position area, which which is nice. Um, he'll be a positive in field goal percentage. He won't hurt you in turn in um, free throw percentage, and hopefully not turnovers. But uh, once his usage rate gets a little higher, I could see that, you know, increasing a little bit a little bit. But he, he's a jack of all trades kind of thing, and I can see him being a um, a multi cat, if not every cat stud one day. Awesome, Kevin. Yeah, I, I'm Jay and I are on the same page with him. He, he's just such a smart player, too. And I, and I think that's kind of what seals the deal for me. When you see him on the court, uh, you know, he's he's still a rookie, so he makes mistakes, but he learns from them, and you can see it happen. And I, I have full trust that, um, you know, he has the potential to get there. Whether he gets the top 25, obviously, there's a lot of factors, um, but I definitely see the potential there. So for Dynasty, he's a hold or... I'm trying to buy him if I can. Um, and it redraft leagues, it becomes iffier because there are going to be lots of ups and downs, like Starks was saying. Um, he's a rookie. You know, he, he's getting the, the starting role, but he definitely has some some pretty good games and some pretty awful games. And so you kind of have to ride that. Uh, he's kind of just barely standard league relevant right now. So yeah. um, maybe if that's his floor, you know, hopefully he can improve as the season goes on. You never know when injuries could strike. I know people always talk about Gallo um, potentially, uh, you know, ending his season early as he usually does. Um, so if something like that were to happen, you could see an uptick in usage for him. And, um, you know, uh, someone that has a, a 150 floor, uh, but a, maybe a top 75 ceiling for the season, uh, maybe that's being a little generous, but uh, you, you kind of, he has he has a, a solid ceiling uh, even as a rookie, and so I'm somebody in even in redrafts I'm going to hold um, unless you can get sort of a, a clear cut uh, like Jay was saying top seventy five player for him now. Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's see. Moving right along, um, here's a guy that I'm interested to actually pass the ball back to Kevin on is uh, Russell Westbrook. What's your uh, outlook for him in the dynasty in the redraft league, man? Uh, I mean, Russ has been having. He's been he's been having those issues with the uh, the free throws again, right? This season, mm-hmm. uh, right now, let's see. He is number thirty four overall. So he's obviously killing it with assists and steals. He's averaging ten point two assists and two point seven steals, which is which is huge. Um, and I don't know. I mean, he looks kind of you know the same old Russ. That the sixty one percent from the free throw line is very puzzling. I don't understand what happened last year and then this year continuing into this year where he's just not able to hit his free throws and is hitting them at such a low rate that it's, it's really crushing his value. Uh, you know, if you get rid of that free throw, if you're punting free throws, all, all of a sudden he becomes much more valuable. Um, but, you know, he's, he's a guy that is just throws his body around and is always going hundred miles an hour. So at some point that's going to run out uh, and that's going to, that's going to betray him. So in dynasty leagues, uh, you know, I, I wait till maybe he strings together some nice games and then I'm trying to sell high. Uh, in redraft leagues, uh, I don't think you're going to get anything, you know, 
much better for him. So um, I would probably just hold him in redraft leagues. Um, but dynasty leagues, I'm probably looking to move him if I can. Kit or Josh or excuse me, Dave, Doc, Doc, go ahead, Doc. <laughs> What's my name? <laughs> What's my name? Bro? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it seems like so long ago that Russell Westbrook was actually a really good free throw shooter now, even though it was only, what, two seasons ago now that he was you know, well into the 80%. It, it seems crazy, his drop off. But, you know, anyway, it, it's similar to LaMarcus Aldridge for me, where uh, I'm holding him if I'm competing. Um, the thing is, you should probably be punting something if you're a Russ owner, whether it be free throw percentage or turnovers. Um, so the trade options are limited. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is a rare guard who fits both of those builds, but that might be a tall task in a dynasty league if the Fox owner isn't competing, you know, to trade Russell Westbrook for De'Aaron Fox. Um, Ooh, that's yeah, a good one. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty similar in, uh, in fantasy stats, and I could see Fox end up being something, you know, similar to, to what Westbrook is. But, you know, just like what Kevin said, in redraft um, – I'm going to try to hold him if I'm competing just because I don't know what kind of value you'll get for him. Maybe you can use his name brand to squeeze out another, you know, top 25 player or something like that. But uh, in Dynasty, you should definitely be looking to move him before he he hits a decline because the way he plays, you know, obviously, obviously everybody talks about uh, he just he, he relies on his athleticism. And his body's bound to start breaking down before other guys like Steph that, that rely on other things. Ooh, let's let's get spicy because you brought something real nice up. <laughs> Russell Westbrook and De'Aaron Fox. Who do you guys choose? If okay, if you're a person that has Russell Westbrook, do you make that trade to get De'Aaron Fox in the dynasty league? Would you do that, Kevin? In a dynasty league, yeah, uh, yeah I definitely think about that. What about you, Doc? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm high on Fox's future. I, I think I'd pull the trigger. Oh yes, I'm pulling the trigger. Not even thinking about it. But let me at least say this. Um, you know. We actually had an episode as far as a mock earlier this year. Um, and I believe he went, you know, early, maybe like the 11 or maybe even nine in the Dynasty League in the mock draft. I'm scared to draft him in any league. I mean, unless you're going to give me a value pick in him because he's looking like a third round type of player for me moving forward. Just because, you know, what Kevin's saying, you know, when is his body going to, you know, betray him? It's going to eventually happen. You know, it's, it's a ticking time bomb that it's only – at some point in time that his body is, is going to betray him and it's going to be unfortunate. So, you know, I don't, obviously he's got the, you know, he's got that competitive uh, competitiveness in him that I love, but it's just like, how long can you play that in that style? So another right. player we're going to touch up on in Sacramento is Buddy Heald. And uh, in a redraft in dynasty league, do you keep trade or cut this guy here, Jay? Uh, admittedly, I've never been the biggest Heald fan, but, you know, he's been fun to watch so far, and he's been playing to the tune of a top 50 fantasy ranking. So mm-hmm. I think I'm holding him in almost all scenarios right now, unless you can mm-hmm. get another relatively young player in the top 40 area. But I don't see uh, Heald's trade value being quite that high at this point. So I think I'm holding him uh, in both redraft and dynasty, like I said, unless you can squeeze out another uh, young top 40-ish player. Nice. Uh, Kevin? Yeah, I'm holding him in both as well. Um the interesting thing right now is he's only averaging half a steal as mm-hmm. well. And yeah. that's, that's, that's less than half of what he averaged last year. So that could start creeping up at some point and kind of come back to, to what his, what he was doing last year. And when, you know, you add a half a steal, that's going to, oh, yeah. you know, probably 10 spots at least. So uh, he's right now, he's hovering around that top 50 spot. 
and he's been a really nice player to to roster if you have him. And so I think both in in redraft and dynasty, um, that look is looking pretty good for him. And I, I'm definitely holding or trading for him if I can. And I'm glad that you highlighted the steal rate that he had at point five, because I mean, just like you said, if he's like even at a point nine, that's spots up higher, you know? Because I mean, Damian Lillard, for instance, he's never been a, a high steal rate guy. He's always hanging around the point eight, point nine steal. So. If you had bumped that up, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 player. I'm not saying that, but it's been it's been actually amazing what he's been doing this year. And I, I agree with Jay. I haven't really been a Buddy Hill guy, but I'm going to actually hold him in a redraft and dynasty league. I'm excited to see what he can do. And if I, if I could add one more thing, and um, I, I was worried that um, his steal rate declined because he had a, a like a, a much higher usage rate this year or something like that. But I just looked yeah. at it and it's really not that much higher. I think it's about one point wow. higher or something like that. So uh, wow. yeah, his steals could definitely um, come back up. I, I, I expect some positive regression in that area. Nice. Nice. Okay. So uh, we're going to move right along into the unicorn court and uh, doc is the prospect slash Euro league type coach or GM. However, the expert, um, he has a prospect watch player. Who's in the corner for us tonight, man? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about uh, actually two potential lottery guys real quick. Um, point guard Darius Garland and forward slash big Jonte Porter. Uh, and the reason I'm combining these two guys into one section is because they're both injured and out for the season. So they both you know, seemingly played their final games as a collegiate athlete. Uh, now, Porter, if you don't know, is Michael Porter Jr.'s brother. So right off the bat, you think, man, these guys have rough luck with injuries. But, uh, but Porter is a potential triple one player, which is nice for a guy his size. Um, I like his fantasy future as a top 100 player at the least, which uh, with upside for much more, actually. So uh, and Darius Garland, before he went down, was competing with John Morant for the title of best point guard in this class, uh, which mm-hmm. is saying something because, you know, with how dominant Morant has been. So. But but he's a much better shooter than Morant is, so that makes him a bit more well-rounded. But both Garland and Porter are projected to be drafted in the 2019 lottery, so there's obvious upside there. Um, I'll close by saying just to keep an eye on both of them when your dynasty drafts roll around because they could end up being late-round steals because of these injuries. If they slip in the real-life draft, then they might slip in your dynasty draft. So. Uh, or in a 30-team dynasty league, look for them to slip to the late lottery or, or the teens and pounce, pounce on them. Or in a regular dynasty league, try to grab them with one of your last picks. You know, um, that, That's all I got this time, but be sure to go check out our, our prospect rankings on our website, uh, thefantasyunicorns.com, where you can see where I rank these guys and, and a little bit about how I feel towards them as a fantasy player. Because I think, you, I think these two potential guys, you, you, could, you could potentially steal in the later rounds. Absolutely. And I'm just going to highlight also, you listeners, make sure you read the, you know, the Doc's prospects and, you know, the college rankings, man. You know, we're dynasty driven. Those type of players is somebody, you know, those players you want to jump on and get ahead of your league and see what type of players that's coming up in the league. You could be ahead of the game. And that's amazing. So um, with that being said, I'm going to pass the ball to Kevin and uh, he has a carrot giving uh, stat for you guys today. What you got for us tonight, man? Uh, yeah. So we were talking about, you know, this, the, weird steal rate issue with um, Buddy Heald. And I, I'm kind of touch on sort of taking note of stats that look a little bit out of the ordinary um, and possibly trying to take advantage of them. So one thing to always look at, uh, and this 
you know, this is one of those stats that tends to fluctuate a lot with players is the field goal percentage. And so when you see a guy that you were expecting to be sort of ranked higher than they are, um, always check their field goal percentage and compare that against what they had been doing previously in their career. Because sometimes these guys go on these cold streaks and it really sets their value back. Um, and I like to look at those guys as buy low guys and guys that I think will eventually work their way back up to what their career averages are. So it's just one of those stats to, to consider because, you know, people kind of tend to just look at the ranking number and say, oh, okay, well, this guy's ranked number 70 and this guy's 60. So I want the guy that's 60. Um, but definitely take a look at, right, you, you know, out the, there? particularly the, you there. Oh, sorry. Definitely. You, can you hear me? Yeah, we Ooh, got somebody cutting out. Yeah. Everybody there. Can you hear yeah, me? You're coming in. Can, can you hear me? Now? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, definitely take a look at that field goal percentage and, um, like I said, compare it against what their career averages are, because if it's, you know, a good five, 10% lower, Yo, um, I'm cutting that's out. something that's going to come back. Um, and something you know, most likely is going to come back. So you look at guys like Chris Middleton, uh, Josh Richardson, guys like that, that are probably ranked a little bit lower now because they've been having, uh, some sort of, some issues from the field as far as, as, um, some cold streaks. So those are guys that I like to target. Uh, and if you can take it deeper as well, you got guys like Donovan Mitchell as well. Um, and um, guys that, you know, are ranked much lower than you might think. And a lot of that has to do with that field goal percentage that's lower than it normally is. So uh, just something to keep in mind and uh, to consider when you are looking at, at guys to possibly uh, make trades for. Yeah, uh, I thought I'm glad you brought up Chris Middleton because I was going to bring him up because he's he's been he's been struggling with his field goal percentage lately, and uh, he, he's definitely a buy low candidate for me as well. Definitely, definitely. All right, I think we had some technical difficulties with uh with Starks there, and uh, sorry think... guys, might be having some technical difficulties, but we're going to keep going along with this show here. Right. Apologize. Yes, sir. You coming in loud and clear? If you can hear me, Starks. Yeah, I can hear you as well. We're just going to keep jumping into it. I'm just going to assume that uh, everybody can hear me. I do apologize. We're probably going to be talking over each other. Uh, so what I'm going to say to you, um, it's been it's been real. Uh, my unicorns. Sorry, I don't know. We had uh, a little disruption here, but I'm going to continue to go. Whether I'm talking to myself or not, I do apologize <laughs> for the inconvenience. One thing I want to say and touch up on is uh, we're going to get to a couple of listener questions. Because I was, we're pretty much close of closing out, and uh, one of the things I want to touch up on, excuse me, is let me see, is uh, these listener questions. So one of the questions that happened here, it was from Bat Soul on Twitter. Uh, rest of the season outlook for Dunn, Gallo, and Triple J. The rest of the season, uh, the outlook for Dunn, he could be a top 75, 80-ish player. Gallo, he can still be a top 40-ish player. Uh, Triple J, I still had him pegged at a, uh, a top 50 player, so, you know, that's that. And then Tareem Prince, the trade value in the Dynasty League, he's still uh, considered like a top 60, top 70 type player. So you can try to reach out and see what you can do, you know, with that, whatever, with, you know, whatever you can take with that. But I would definitely try to... Uh, excuse me, I would definitely try to see if you can reach out to a GM and see if they are looking to market him because some GMs are going to think that they can get him cheaper. And to be honest with you, I'm the type of coach to believe in certain players. And Prince has upside 
that I want to hold on to because he was facilitating the ball before he's been getting riddled with injuries this year. So, you know, with that being said, again, I apologize for the uh, inconvenience on the recording and what's going on. But I'll say this. Um, it's been fun with the Unicorns. And uh, it's, it's good to have the Fantastic Three back. Um, also, want to give a, a shout out to a, a Cam at Camden Hughes. He gave us a five-star rating, um, you know, and sub to us. So make sure you guys, you know, like I said, it's a broken record, but a broken record. But just make sure you continue to listen to our podcast, continue to read our articles, and as well as, uh, you know, continue to reach out to us on Twitter. Um, and again, with that being said, I'm going to take a clutch shot. I am sorry that I can't even hear the other unicorns. They can probably hear me, but I yeah. can't hear them at all. And I maybe even talk to myself, but you guys will be fine. <laughs> One thing I want to say is, uh, you know, I'm sorry that I couldn't pronounce his name tonight, but I think it's fun that I could just call the guy Krusty the, Cr- uh, Krusty the Clown. I love that. Uh, I want to at least say this. We're, we're actually recording while games are going on. So my clutch shot tonight, it's going to be James Harton and uh, the, well, man, it was the unicorn guy. Unicorn Cornette. Yeah. Cornette. Actually, I'm not going to even jump on Harton. I'm going to jump on the New York Cornette guy. He had 23 points, three rebounds, five assists. And although I can't hear the unicorns, I'm just going to trust and believe that hopefully I can pass the ball and give them a quick moment to speak. So, Jay, although I may not be able to hear you, let me pass the ball to you. Do you have a clutch shot, man? Oh, man, you took mine. I was going to I was going to go with unicornette there. So I uh, got, got caught with my pants down here. So um, I, I'll, I'll go with James Harden, too, since since uh, you didn't go with him. So, I, I, you know, I'll touch on James Harden as my clutch shot. He got hit 45 points, two rebounds. Six assists, one block. Um, you know, rough field goal percentage, but that's expected from him with a good, you know, a bunch of free throws like he always does, and a bunch of threes. So, all right, uh, Kevin, I don't know if you're still on. Do you want to take a clutch shot? I'm just kind of jumping, and I don't even know if you guys can. You know, I can't hear you guys, but Kevin, you could take a clutch shot. Yeah, um, I'll go with Giannis. He had uh, 31 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists, and uh, four blocks and a steal. Uh, hit a three-pointer, so that's always uh, a nice sign for the Greek freak. And, uh, yeah, he's my uh, clutch shot. And, uh, Jay, I don't know if you got cut off there if you want to jump back okay. in. Okay, so hopefully that was back. the clutch shot oh, that you mind. guys taking. So with that being said, uh, again, we appreciate you guys. You can find me on Twitter at Starks underscore industry. I'm the guy with the Iron Man avatar. And you can also find me on Instagram um, at the fantasy unicorns underscore Starks. Uh, you know, tweet at us, ask us questions. Again, I, I'm sorry for the um, the inconvenience and the technical difficulties this evening. But, guys, uh, you know, reach out to us, and we love you guys. Have a happy new year, and uh, and I'm going to pass the ball to Kevin to take us home. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Later.